the hay and the, 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 just the smell of the hay and the songs. And it takes me back a long time when I was, before I was an Adventist actually, at camp meeting. And what shocked me the most probably is that they really stayed intense. Now up to that point, my family had not gone camping. So I was really enamored by these people hanging out in tents and eating tons and tons and tons of food. <laughs> but the, uh, the other thing was in the song this morning reminded me of it. You know that song, He's Coming? See, how's it go? He's coming, coming, coming soon, I know. Okay. Why is it that on that particular song, we hold that word forever? You know, he's coming, coming, coming soon, I know. How do we all know to do that? <laughs> and why do we do it with that song? It's almost like we're holding our breath until he comes. But what, what's interesting is at the camp meeting, the leader, the reason I knew to do that, having not been an Adventist, is that the, the, the song leader would say, you know, use his, and now of course you could do this, I don't know how to do this, he would say, coming, coming soon, I know. And as long as he held out his, his hand, we were supposed to know. And I remember as a kid, like we're like, like we're gonna die. But it was just a wonderful time. And um, part of what makes it really special for me today is that I think there is no more beautiful, soulful instrument than the harmonica. Oh my goodness, it just makes me weep. So thanks a lot, Lou. <laughs> just beautiful. And then to top it off, the, the two songs, um, As a Dear Pandeth and I Love You, Lord, just happened to be two of my favorites. So, I would do this all again. We've done it twice now, but I would do it again. It, it's just been a joy for me. Our text, Numbers 2633. Zelophehad, son of Hefer, had no sons. He had only daughters. Now, in my family, when you say something like that, the family comes back and says, there must be a story here. You know, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll do it again, see if you can see it. Zelophehad, son of Hefer, had no sons. He had only daughters. There must be a story here. <laughs> That's right. Very good. Okay, so we have a man who had only daughters. Now, uh, I have no sons. I'm sure some of you had no sons. There is a certain loss to that, isn't there? I mean, then you don't have these little people coming with worms and bugs and, and birds that have been, you know, killed by the cat and they want to show you the bones, things like that. It's like my, uh, one of my nephews said last weekend as I was walking past the lizard tank, look, Auntie Carla, he's shedding his skin. Okay, a little girl probably might not have said that sort of thing. She might have taken me back to see her dolls. So there is a certain loss, isn't there? There's a loss to my father and to me and the rest of us in that this branch of the Gober name will not be carried on because my father had only daughters. So there is a loss when there are no sons. 
a certain law. So you, you miss the bugs and the, the creatures, dead creatures and worms, and maybe the name isn't carried on. That's a loss. Our story today about a, is about a loss that is even bigger. <laughs> yes, and in fact there is. Let's look at the map. Let me, well, let me read the text again first. Numbers 27.2. Zelophehad was the tribe of the tribe of Manasseh. He had five daughters, and here, here come their names. Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tirzah. One can understand why a parent would choose four of the names because this is what four of them meant. Pleasure, dancing, movement, and queen. But one is hard-pressed to understand why a parent would choose the name Mahala, which meant fat and sickly. So, in any case, the five women, pleasure, dancing, movement, queen, and sickly fat, show up at the, at the tent of meeting asking for property. And in fact, there is. So let's look at the map because we can more easily tell on the map. Now, our story takes place right there in Shittim, or near Shittim. Okay, so what is the big deal about that? Well, if you just back up here, we know this story. But, but let's, let's just go through it again real quickly because it's always got new points. We have a man, Moses, who has decided, because of God's instruction, I'm sure, that he is the leader of some slaves. Well, now this is interesting because they're not his. So the slaves belong to a ruler in Egypt, but Moses decides that he is the new leader and basically goes to the ruler and says, We're leaving now. Think of it. We're leaving now. That's like what I said to my mother one day when I was upset about something, who knows what. And um, I packed my little lunch and put it, as I recall, on the end of a stick. I'm sure that's not where it went. I pack it in something, and I say, I'm leaving home. And she says, bye-bye. <laughs> and I stomp across the yard and get to the mailbox, and I say to myself, where now? <laughs> you, you really can't go. Home is here, you know. So, so Moses goes to the ruler, and he says, we're leaving now. Bye-bye. Yeah, right. You're leaving. You're going to go where? But it's precisely what he did. He left, and he took the slaves with him. And they started walking. Now, if they had walked as the crow flies, if speed had been an issue, they would have walked straight from here to here, which is about, well, they would have had to go down a little. Walked across here to here. There's land here. You can't see it, but there is land here. That's about 250 miles as the crow flies. So if we were to drive it today, we could do it in a very long morning. All right. But the route they took is called wanderings. 
because it was here a little, there a little, back, forward. And we have actually a um, woman who tells us what it was like when she visited the Holy Land in the 5th century. We came across her journal in the 1800s. She says, As far as I was able to see, the children of Israel marched along in this manner, going a certain distance to the right, then going an equal distance to the left, going ahead a certain distance, then backtracking an equal distance. So had they taken a straight path, it would have been about 250 miles. But as it turned out, it ended up being three to four times that. So let's say somewhere between 600 and 1,000 miles is what they ended up walking. But how long should that even have taken? So let's see if we can calculate some math here. Let's say we jog two miles a day, and we're trying to get to 1,000 miles. How long would it take us? 500 days, which is less than two years. But it took them 40. Okay, so that's why it's called wandering in the desert. desert. So we can understand that during this wandering, people get old. They, have, they get married, they have their kids, they get old, and they die. And that's precisely what happened to Zelophehad. He, on this journey is married, has five daughters, which I've named, and then he gets old and he dies. So he then does not reach the promised land. So he then does not reach the promised land. Oh yes, there's a story here. This is the promised land. And once they reached it, now mind you, we're sitting right on the edge of it in the story that we're talking about now. So we're sitting right on the edge of it. This is the promised land. And you notice, you can barely see these words here. You see the word Manasseh on either side? The tribe of Manasseh would be allotted this land. The tribe of Gad, this land. The tribe of Simeon, this land. And that meant two things. One that that land would ne be, never be separated from the tribe because as men married, they didn't go other places. They stayed on that land. So they might marry women from other tribes, but those women then would come to their land. So the men were tied to the land. So that meant that this land of Manasseh, the tribe of Manasseh, would always stay that size because the men would pass it on to their sons and then to their sons and to their sons and so that the, the amount of land would be maintained for the tribe. The second thing that it meant is that a man's name would go on forever because it was tied not to the person but to the land. So those were two very powerful things because they were symbolic. This wasn't just about the men. This was about what God was trying to say to his people. As you are tied to the land, I am tied to you. I am committed to you. It will stay consistent. Okay, so because Zelophehad is dead, his name will disappear. So Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tirzah, or pleasure dancing movement queen and fat sickly, decide that it isn't fair. But why? Why should it matter? Because if their father had inherited the land if he had still been alive, they would still have gotten married and they would go on with their husbands to their husbands' properties. 
So why should it matter now? Why are they asking for property? They will get property when they marry. The reason that they are asking for property is because it isn't about them. It is about the system, the crack in the system. It is about the fact that the system isn't fair. It's about the fact that their father's name will disappear forever. Now some would say well, these are just complaining women. They're just in a bad mood. But that isn't the only case. They see the crack in the system and they see it together. Now, not too, well, several years ago now, I was speaking at a retreat or attending a conference or something, and I went to the counter, the rental car counter, to get my rental car. Now, true to my uh, upbringing, I'm very frugal, and I tend to uh, rent the cheapest car available. I'm changing that a little uh, because the cheapest car is no longer available. But anyway, so, so I go to the counter to get the car, and the man at the counter says, um, so you're renting a subcompact? Yes. And he said, well, you know, for $10 more, you could get a midsize. Now, as I recall, there's an economy in between. But he, he jumped two, and he said, for $10 more, you could get a midsize. I said, I don't need a midsize, just me. I just want this one. Yeah. He looks up again. He said, it's only $10 more. Now, as I said at the first service, one tends to be dramatic when they tell stories, but I kid you not. I'm telling this story even less dramatic than it is because I know you won't believe it anyway. So he looks up and he says, it's only $10. And I said, but it's $10. And then he says, are you, uh, are you on a business trip? I think he's changed the topic, and I'm very happy. I say, yes, and I explain what I'm doing. And then he says, if you're on a business trip, then that means they're paying the bill. So why don't you get the midsize? Okay, by now I'm upset. I was fine until this moment. Now I'm upset. And I say, because. Now, mind you, a subcompact, in, in the, this was about 10 years ago, at that point was a, um, what do you call them? Geo Metro. Now, no offense to anyone who drives a Geo Metro. I like the cars. He turns to me, he says, that means you'll be driving a Geo Metro. Now, it's as if he had mentioned Satan's name or something. Okay, now I'm upset, and I say, I like Geo Metros. I just want the car. He takes the keys, and he, he shoves them over, and he said, you'll be walking right out that door. He says, you'll be driving a silver midsize. He said, because we don't have any subcompacts. <laughs> Now, the funniest part is he had a twinkle in his eye. It was almost as if he had to do that. He had to push me. But when he said that, it's like we both knew there was a crack in the system. We both saw it. And he almost seemed proud. <laughs> I was at Utrecht when uh, there was a big discussion about women's ordination. I left for two reasons. I left for one reason. Well, the first reason was... I couldn't take all the disagreement at that point in my life. But the main reason is that at 18 years old, I had been called by God and was very sure of it, that I had been called by God to speak. And I didn't know what to do with my own calling, given the context that I was raised in and the context that I existed in. So I couldn't make sense of it myself. And I decided to leave the discussion and to go and just look at the, the um, displays. 
I didn't know at first where I was standing because I was mindlessly thinking my own thoughts rather than actually looking at the displays. So I was standing beside a particular display. It was no particular display as much as I knew. And a man came up to my left and just said right out, why do women have to make a fuss? He said they should just stay home with their husbands and take care of their children. Okay, I, I'm in a good mood, right? I'm not mad. And so I, I'm going to go along with this, and I say, well, and, and, and it wasn't just a play. I, I, I was sincerely questioning myself. I said, so, what should I do? Now, that was the first time he saw me. What do you mean? I said, well, I'm a single woman. I'm not married. I have no children, and I'm quite sure that I've been called by God to speak. Suddenly, we were both facing the same dilemma. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's a different, that's, that's a unique, uh, I, and then I said, well, should I stay home? <laughs> no. Well, I, I mean, that's a, that's a, that is, and then suddenly he was gone. <laughs> Not mad, stumped. Together, we had looked and we had seen the crack in the system. We had a church that was grappling with what decision would be best. Not, not, and not in a mean-spirited. We're really trying to seek God to find out what we should do as a church. But a decision would exclude some people. It wouldn't accommodate all people. It was a crack in the system. And he and I both saw it, and we were both stumped. So why are these women murmuring? Mala, Hagla, Noah, Milka, and Tirza will not be allotted land. It shouldn't matter, but it does. It matters because the system is flawed. They know it. Their father's name will disappear from the earth, and they won't have it. The only way to keep it around is to keep it tied to the land. Whose idea was it to go up, to talk, to present their case in front of everybody? Perhaps it was Mala, sickly fat. The text actually is quite clear about who it was. Let's read it. Numbers 27, 1 through 5. The names of the daughters were Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tirzah. They approached the entrance to the tent of meeting and stood before Moses, Eliezer the priest, the leaders, and the whole assembly, and said, our father died in the desert. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan? Because he had no son. Give us property among our father's relatives. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. Who is speaking here? They are speaking together with one voice. All five women have a case and they are presenting it. They move as a group. All five see the crack in the system and all five move together to present their case before Moses who then presents it before the Lord. Some might think they're wasting their time. Imagine what would happen if some women stood up today and said, you know, women should bear the name of their children and they should carry that on and some do. Uh, perhaps these women should have been home with their children and their husbands, except they didn't have any. They were all single women up to that point, had not married. What happens when someone has a mission and they have it 
together as a group. Um, years ago, when my oldest nephew was quite young, we were reading the L.A. Times, excuse me, the New York Times together. Um, and so we had the newspaper open as we did every morning. He would come in my bed, crawl in bed with me, and we would open the paper. Well, he couldn't read, but he would be reading with me. And I remember as we sat there and read the paper together, I said, Evan, I just want to tell you something. I said, if you ever decide that you want to be baptized, to give your life to God, I said, I'd be very honored to baptize you. You don't have to have me, but you can if you want. Mm-hmm. Of course, he, you know, I wonder, did he hear me? A few years later, I said it one more time. Evan, if you ever decide you want to be baptized, um, I'd be honored. You don't have to have me. You might want your pastor, your local pastor, but I'd be honored if you want to. Okay. Several years passed. Just a few months ago, I was in a restaurant with him and the family. We had gone up north to see for a, a wedding. And Evan said, Auntie Carla, I have something to tell you. He said, I've been saving it till just now. He said, I want to be baptized, and I'm wondering if you'll baptize me. Well, now, there is nothing that moves an auntie more than that. But here was the problem. We had all gathered for a wedding, and then we were all going our separate ways to Europe and all parts of the globe, and basically our summer was over. I was trying to figure out what do I do with this child's request. And then I decided that that was a crack in the system, a flawed way of thinking of how do I fit it in. It is the thing. So I called my sister and I said, Lisa, Evan wants to be baptized. We've got to get together again. To make a long story short, my parents drove all the way from Tennessee to Chico and Gordon and I, after we got back from Europe, got basically right into the car and drove the eight hours to Chico. And we all arrived at the lakeside, standing in the water, and we baptized that child. We figured out how to make it happen when we all moved together. And it's a moment that none of us will ever forget. Because you don't ask how do you fit it in, it is the thing. Our mission becomes stronger, better, more powerful when it's shared. And when it's shared, we all move together. And the Lord said to him, What Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and turn their father's inheritance over to them. They have been heard. They have not been misunderstood as a bunch of complainers. Their father's name will now be preserved because it's tied to the land, and it's tied to the land through them, women. There's a story here. There's a story here, and there is always a story here when one person and two and three and four share a mission together because, as Kathy said, we are born, we are built to follow Jesus, to watch Jesus, to emulate Jesus. But Jesus, God, is community. Love is a we. Love is a relationship. You're either loved by or you love to or for. Love is God and God is love. And all of that means we. We move together. So what is the story? 
What is the story after this statement? Zelophehad, son of Hepher, had no sons. He had only daughters. The story is this, that together, together, they changed the world.
And that is the question, just where did it lead? The Lord said to him, what Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and turn their father's inheritance over to them. But then it says this, Say to the Israelites, the Lord says, If a man dies and leaves no son, turn his inheritance over to the daughters. They changed the system. That's where it led. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear God, we follow you wherever you lead, but help us always to follow you together. In Jesus' name, amen.